I hope you had a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving. We are now in, into a new season as our church, and we are into uh, Advent season uh, at Avenue Church, and we have a couple of fun things that we're doing uh, for Advent even now. If you've seen on the lobby, uh, our, our host is going to talk about what we're doing for fostering hope in our, here in our city. And I mean, remember fostering hope last year, we had the ornaments and all that, so we're going to be talking about that, how we're helping children right here in our city, and that's a great segue because Legacy Celebration Celebrations can be happening Sunday, December 18th. December 18th. And uh, last week, we talked about legacy. Uh, we tag team preached together, and uh, Pastor Lindsay and I, and we shared our new core values as a church, but also we shared what we're going to do here in this house, because how many know, as our field expands, the seeds need to expand. As our field grows, we need more seeds to plant, and it's going to be every little area. Even, I heard Technical Difficulties, the first song, uh, uh, Legacy, hey, you know, uh, uh, even on Black Friday, I was looking around for Black Friday deals on a church building, didn't find one yet, but I'm looking, all right? I'm looking around, and how many know the best is yet to come for our church? God's going to do something powerful, extraordinary, because our God is faithful, and, uh, and so, yeah, I just want to say thank you for those that have already given the legacy. Thank you for those that are already praying about it, and you're taking, you're, uh, um, thank, you, thank you for making this a serious thing. Uh, thank you for making this a faithful thing. Thank you for making this a thing where you're asking God, because the Bible says, God, God, for God loves a cheerful giver, not one under reluctance or arm twisting or say, give this. If you give this, you'll get this. You know, kind of the youth pastor offering where you're like, I gave last week and then my parents got me an Xbox. No, it's, it's so much more than that. But I, I just want to encourage you and challenge you. Will you ask God to say, God, man, how can I give to something greater than me? How can I give to something that's going to that's gonna be left with my children and my children's children? And so that's going to be Sunday, December 18th, where we're going to share the final amount that's been brought in, uh, all those kind of different things like that. And then I also want you to know, December, uh, December 24th, it's Christmas Eve at Avenue Church, all right? Christmas Eve at Avenue Church. And it's going to be a, a, just a, a wonderful time, family photos with Santa, you know. And uh, we tried to bring in like a Jesus, but it was weird, you know. And uh, also uh, for family photos with Jesus, no? Okay, is that bad? Turn that off, no. Um, but we're going to have a, a wonderful Christmas Eve service. We're going to have candlelight ceremony, wonderful Christmas songs. And, uh, but I wanted to get started with Advent uh, today, even though it's not Christmas just yet. And uh, Starbucks tried to cancel Thanksgiving, right? Like they brought the red cups out already. But we are able uh, to go jump right into Advent. And so I want you to turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. And I'm going to be reading uh, just verse uh, 6 and 7, Isaiah chapter 9, and this is what it says, for, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. I think your word is living, it's active, it's powerful. Father, thank you for this church. Father, thank you for what you're doing during this Advent season as we prepare for for the birth of Jesus, as we remember again. Now, Jesus, I thank you for every single uh, individual that we know of. Father, I, I just rebuke sickness. I rebuke disease, Father. The Father, I pray, touch their bodies, heal their bodies. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray traveling mercies for those coming back to Vegas today for work tomorrow. Father, I pray for our children. Father, and I also pray one more time 
God, I thank you for legacy. Father, I thank you that legacy goes beyond us, so we can make an impact, we can make a difference long, long, long after we're gone, for your praise and your glory, and everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Now, how many are getting ready to uh, order stuff on Amazon and stuff like that? Uh, you're getting ready to get Black Friday, tomorrow Cyber Monday, and uh, it's kind of fun uh, ordering things now. Like before, growing up, we didn't order stuff, right? Like we didn't we didn't order stuff online. We we like went to a store, and then if they didn't have it, we didn't get it, right? How many remember that? How many remember even go way back? How many remember layaway? Layaway. Yeah. I remember layaway, right? Like. Like, you know what layaway is? You go to the store, and you're like, I want that, and so here's a deposit, and then you leave without it. And then you, and, and it's like the opposite of credit cards, friends. And then you go back, and you're like, oh, and then you put a little bit more. Like, you're making payments. That's layaway, like making payments, and when you fulfilled your payments to Kmart, you know, uh, you got to take it. I remember I was making payments on toys, and I would go there and just look at it. Like, someday you're going to be mine, you know. Someday, and because I was making payments, I was layaway. But it's fun to order things on Amazon now. Amazon's got like truck tracking. You know, like you can track the packages where they're at. And and I remember uh, several times where Levi ordered like a guitar. He wanted a guitar, and so we're watching. We're hoping it was gonna come on a Friday, and 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 you know it was Friday, and we had to leave and go out of town. And and all of a sudden we're like, where's the where's the truck? And the truck, oh, the truck's in another neighborhood. But we gotta go now. And so I remember we rode on our bikes, and we were looking for the UPS truck, and we found the UPS truck. We're like, it's right here. The tracker's real. It's not a lie. And went to the truck, and, and I was like, you do it. You do it. You're cuter, you know? And, and uh, we went to the guy, and we're like, do you have a package for, you know, we said our, our house address, and the guy's like, let me check. And then and he was like, no, it's on the other truck. And then we, what? Which other truck? And we're riding bike, and we go to the other truck, and the guy's like, yeah, it's right here, but legally I can't give it to you. But I'm like, we're right here, you know? Until finally, the, we, we had to leave, and we missed the arrival of the package until we got back later and prayed there's no, there no porch pirates, right? And that's what Advent means. This is what Advent means. As, 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 every year, we kind of see this word, but Advent means coming or arrival. The coming or an arrival, and this was waiting for the coming of Jesus in the Bible, the advent is the coming, the arrival, and the presence of God himself. So kind of, here's my little challenge before I give you an official challenge. My, my, my real challenge for us today is for us to go into this upcoming Christmas season not thinking about what we lost or not thinking about what we don't have, but I want us to expect the arrival of Jesus like an Amazon package. Amen. And when I say that, I want us to expect the arrival of, of, of hope and, and healing and restoration and, and joy. And I want us to expect the arrival of, of a miracle of what God's going to do in your life this year in December. Because the greater expectation, sometimes the greater the faith. And so here's what Advent does. Advent is, is a great reminder to help us to remember that Christmas season isn't about gifts or delicious cookies. I put that in there, right? <laughs> delicious cookies. And Santa, it's about Jesus. Is about Jesus. It's about Jesus. One time somebody asked me about Santa. You have Santa in your church? Yeah, but Santa works for Jesus. Santa loves Jesus. Because Jesus is the, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But Advent helps us remember it's about Jesus. Because I know we can get busy. I know the hustle and bustle and stress and worry and and hanging out with people maybe you don't want to hang out with or, or go, you know, making sure you get those perfect gifts or, 
uh, just the stress of it all, or maybe, maybe the Christmas season is a reminder of what you've lost or, or a reminder of some past heartache. And, and for us, I want us to challenge us that it's all about Jesus, the one who can help us, the one who can heal us, the one who can restore us, the, the one who can bring hope and healing and, and into some, some unique, and, and, and unique circumstances in our life. Now, I want you to read this in Isaiah. So in Isaiah, we just read, unto us the child is born, uh, wonderful counselor, uh, mighty God, uh, prince of peace. And, and so here's Isaiah, and he's, he's in the Old Testament, and he is foretelling the New Testament. He is, he is foretelling or prophesying about Jesus Christ. And so he said, you know, at some moment, and, 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 and I, love, I saw a commentary this week, that all the prophets were right on because Jesus fulfilled everything they said. But the only thing the prophets were off on was the timing. The timing. They thought it was going to happen right away. They thought it was going to happen next year, but it actually happened about 300 years later. And so here's Isaiah, and, and before he says this beautiful passage of unto us a child is born, the Redeemer, the Savior. In Isaiah chapter 9, in the very first uh, chapter, it says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell, dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. For every boot, and this is a Christmas story right here, right? This is, this is it. It says, every boot of tramping warrior in battle, tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Merry Christmas, you know? And it says this, and for, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. So what in the world does this mean? Isaiah was prophesying during the time of, 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 of people rejecting God. And when we reject God, we can't just scratch our head and go, where is God? We rejected God. They were living in darkness. This was actually a time of turmoil and war and bloodshed. And then Isaiah, in the middle of the tough times, he said, but unto us a child will be born, wonderful counselor, mighty, uh, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And so how does this pertain to us today? I think this is very relevant to us today because even though times are tough, he is still a wonderful counselor. He is still a mighty God. He is still an everlasting father. And he's still the prince of peace. During your toughest season or darkest hour, he is still your wonderful counselor, your mighty God, your everlasting father, and your prince of peace. I hope you get this. I hope maybe you're lying awake at night and you're just stressed out beyond belief. And you say, this really sucks. But my God is a wonderful counselor. He is a mighty God. He is an everlasting father. And he is the prince of peace. He is the prince of peace. Even he's the Prince of Peace. And then he says this. So Isaiah, and this is going to be the entire Advent uh, collection of talks right here. I'm going to go through the names of God every single week. It's going to be powerful. Because if the government should be upon his shoulders, we'll talk about that. When he talks about mighty God. But he also shall be called Wonderful Counselor. And I love that. Kind of a uh, stigma when we talk about counselor, right? We love counselors. Uh, we, we, we have a family counselor, all those different things. We, we love counseling, but it's unique that Isaiah said, uh, Jesus is coming. He's going to be born of a virgin. He's going to be a child, but he shall, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Here's what wonderful. Wonderful comes from the word wonder, and wonder means extraordinary, hard to be understood. Come on, somebody. Somebody. 
I love that, right? Like, like, what about God? I don't know. There's just, I, I, he's hard to understand. God's dealings with his people is a wonder of God's act of judgment and redemption. Another word for wonder is miraculous. He's a miraculous counselor. But wonder comes from the original Hebrew word pala. And pala indicates something uncommon or out of the ordinary. A lot of times people walk away from the faith because it's a little too uncommon. And it's a little too, uh, you know, uh, out of the ordinary. I can't explain it. I can't figure it out. Well, that's called faith, friends. It reflects a phenomenon lying outside the realm of human explanation. That which is separate separated from the normal course of events, something that cannot be explained, and that is our almighty inexplicable, explicable Jesus. I am deaf, I tried my best. I am deaf, I tried my best. The explicable Jesus. So what does this mean for us today? My God, hit the slides for me, all right? My God is uncommon, and he's unexplainable. Your God is unlike any other God, and your God is an unexplainable God. What does that mean? It means when miracles happen, you can't explain a miracle. How'd that happen? It's it, God. Well, 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 you gotta tell me why so I could put it on TikTok. No, it's just, it's a miracle. It's just, it happened. It's unexplainable, it's uncommon, it's, it's out of the ordinary. It's God. Isaiah 28, he continues on to say this a little bit later. He says this. This also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful, wondrous, miraculous, extraordinary in counsel, and excellent in wisdom. Excellent in wisdom. So he's miraculous. He's uncommon. He's unexplainable. But also he's a counselor. And here's what counselor means. Counselor means one who gives advice or counsel. One who gives advice or counsel. The second part of this compound description of wonderful counselor of the coming Messiah is counselor. In its historical Hebrew usage, the word is used to picture a king giving counsel to his people. Have you ever tried to give counsel to to a child? Maybe 11 years old-ish? And they, they, they look at you like you know nothing. Like you've been around for 39 years and, and lived in a hole. And you're going, here's my counsel, you know. And how many, a lot of times my counsel or advice really isn't advice. I'm just packaging it as advice. But really it's a command in Jesus' name. Like if you do this, I promise you life will be a little better. If you do this. But I love this. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords wants to give you advice. He wants to speak to you. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead us. Proverbs 15, it says, without counsel, our plans fail. Our plans fail. We, We cannot get upset when we make plans and they don't work out. And then we say, God, where were you? It has to be the other way around. We have to say, God, what are your plans for my life? Because I know that with many advisors, I'll succeed. To make apt answers, a joy to a man, and a word in season, how good it is. You know what it's like to get a word from God? That's advice from God. That's counsel from God. It's a, it's, it brings me great joy. And there's many, this is probably one of my 
biggest struggles as a pastor, God, I need a word. I want your explicit, uncommon, unexplainable word. And when I do get an uncommon, unexplainable word from God, I share it with others and they go, no. I go, I rebuke you, Satan, get behind me. Because my God's unexplainable. He makes no sense. And I love it. Now, according to his word, we can read in his word, and every time we have a word from God, what is going on here? I've got all kinds of things going on here. Worship team got thirsty. <laughs> I'm not the audience. just stuffed out here. I don't even know. Where, where was I at? I was somewhere. That's why I need notes. But I'm not going to do it. Should I get the big podium? But so many times... If you want to make God laugh, tell him your, your plans, right? God, this is what I'm going to do. Well, that's cute, but I have bigger plans for your life. First Kings chapter 3, there's a story of, of King Solomon. In the beginning of this book, he, he went before God. He was, he was to be king, and God went to him and spoke to him and said, I'll give you anything you want. What do you want? And the king, instead of riches and glory, King Solomon said, I just want wisdom so I can govern your people. God said, well, because you asked for wisdom first, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the whole enchilada. I'm going to give you knowledge and wisdom. But I'm also gonna, you're going to be the richest man ever. You're going to be the wisest man ever. Then in 2 Kings chapter 3, uh, there was a, and the Bible says there was two prostitutes, two, two, two mothers that lived in the same house. And one mother had a, had a, had a uh, one prostitute had a child born. And then a couple months later, the other prostitute had another child born. And there was two babies in the house. And uh, it really, it says that. And, and there's two babies in the house. And, and in the middle of the night, one of the mothers rolled over her baby and, and accidentally killed her child. And so what she did in the middle of the night, she saw her baby was dead, and then she swapped it with the other mother's baby and put it on her chest and took the other baby and put it on her chest. When the mother woke up and she said, my, my child's dead, but this doesn't look like the child I gave birth to. And the other, and she said, I think you, you stole my baby. And the, and the other mother said, no, this is my child, the one who's alive. And so they went to King Solomon, and they said, King Solomon, they told him the story. And King Solomon said, bring me a sword. And so they brought in a sword. King Solomon said, let's cut the baby in half so you can have half a child and you can have the other half of the child. That's pretty unexplainable if you ask me. That's not a very good king. Cut it in half and you get two. You know, like, no. And then this is what he said. The king answered, I want you to give the living child to the first woman because when he said split the baby in half and give half one to one woman and give the other half to another woman the the woman of the who had the live child said no give her the baby what did king solomon do he he used counsel from the wonderful counselor and he said give it to the first child by no means put him to death she is his mother and all of israel heard the judgment the king had rendered and they stood in awe. They stood in awe of the king because they perceived that the wisdom of God was in him to do justice. The wisdom of God was in him. I love that in my study of wonderful counselors, I thought this could be a great Christmas message. But in my study of wonderful counselors, someone who is unexplainable and miraculous wants to advise us and help us and lead us and guide us that when we obey him, people are going to stand in awe. Who in the world is this deaf white boy doing up on this stage? You know, who in the world are, is Avenue Church? Who in the world is so-and-so? And how can God use them? Because we have the wonderful counselor in our ear, yeah. in our life. 
Isaiah chapter 11, he says this, the spirit of the Lord shall rest on Jesus, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. I love this because we listen with, to, the, to the marvelous counselor or advisor, but also we fear him, which means we respect him. God, I respect you. I don't, I like, like, because God understands the motive of our heart. He understands the desires of our heart as well. And I love that with, with wise counsel, we have to have a healthy respect for God. Now, anytime you read fear of God, sometimes we think like we're taking a shower and God's like, boom, and you're like, ah, you know, that's not fear of God. Fear of the Lord is God, I, re, I, re, I respect you, I revere you. Yeah. And we also see this in Proverbs chapter 3, the very same scripture. It says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on what you know, but in all your ways acknowledge him. He will make straight your path. He will tell us where to go. Make straight your paths. And it says this, be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn from evil. Hope you see the connection there. If you want him to be your wonderful counselor, then we have to respect God and fear the Lord. And fear of the Lord is I'm afraid of God, but the fear of the Lord is, God, I have such a healthy reverence. I want to please you. I want to hear from you. And so what does all this mean? It means that he is a wonderful counselor that you can trust. You can trust. You can trust. You can trust him. There's many stories I have of, of God telling us to do something that makes no sense, unexplainable. It's like, God, the circle doesn't fit in a square hole. You know, like... But as we take a step of faith, because we trust him, we look back in hindsight and say, oh, I, I didn't know you were going to do it this way. I didn't know you were going to open those doors that I thought would bolt it shut. I didn't know you were going to do something so miraculous and move in the hearts of people and individuals that your timing is perfect and, and your season is, is due. So he's a wonderful counselor that you can trust. But in John 14, Jesus says this. So Jesus arrives on the scene, and he says this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So this is a, the wonderful counselor giving us some advice, and the advice is, obey my commands. If you love me, obey my, my, my commands. So I want to take it a step further for this church today. I really believe if you want to have the best year, not just in December, but in 2023, here's my big challenge for you. The wonderful counselor will ask you to do unexplainable things. He will ask you to do unexplainable things, but will you trust him? Will you obey him? Will you listen to him? Uh, you know, and I think there's so many, it's incredible when we trust the Lord to do the unexplainable, that people stand in awe. I mean, it's unexplainable that when I was, uh, what, 16 or 17 years old, God spoke to me at a youth conference and a uh, youth retreat, and he said, Jeremy, I want you to be a pastor. And I'm going, God, that's unexplainable because I'm deaf. I, I'm deaf in this year, and I, we're hearing aid this year. I've been, I've been, I've been I'm like, like, I've been going to English classes. Like, I'm trying to learn how to speak English, and I don't have a second language. That's my only language. 
You know, like, you want me to try to say big words on a TV screen in 2023? That's unexplainable. It was unexplainable when Pastor Lindsay and I, we were comfortable and happy and, and thriving at a great church in the city. And God spoke to us and said, I want you to start a church. And we didn't go like, like we didn't walk out of our church going, this church is dumb. We're going to start a better church. No, we were saying, God, there's a lot of churches here. A lot of great churches here. A lot of great preachers here. You know, like, like people can go on YouTube and, and watch church online. Like there's like a lot of great stuff. And God said, start a life-giving church. and call it Avenue Church. Yeah. And it's unexplainable. People still, they stand it up. Even my own grandfather, I forgot to say this, he uh, gave us a check towards legacy offering. My 90-year-old grandfather gave us $1,000 to our church. But you know what? Seven years ago when we sat down, I said, Grandpa, and he loves Jesus. He, 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 he helped start a church way back then. And I said, Grandpa, God called us to start a church. I was like, like, like my only cheerleader. And he went, are you sure? I said, no, I was, but not anymore. And my nine-year-old grandfather still stands in awe. That God is using his grandson and a group of people in Las Vegas, Nevada, and Sin City to preach the gospel. So, I mean, I'm not, Pastor Lindsay and I, we're not the only ministers in this building. It's us. It is you. It's unexplainable. God will ask us to do unexplainable things. I don't even know what my time is. I'm just going to keep going. I had a lot of turkey this week, and probably Justin, that's what it's like. But he'll ask us to do unexplainable things. But remember what I said to Levi? A lot of times God's like, hey, you should totally do this. A lot of times it's not advice, it's a command. Where we say, hey, you should give 10% of your income to the church. That's kind of unexplainable, especially like, Jesus, I want to be debt free. Jesus, I have credit card debt and I have this. And God says, give 10%. That's unexplainable. That makes no sense. And I love it. Well, we're going to be debt-free in 23, in 2023, right? Like, I love that. We do classes, things like that. But, but I mean, for so many of us, we're going, no, 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 doesn't make sense. I, I got to save up and, and do all these things. And there's wisdom. I should say there's knowledge in that. But the wisdom says, if you give, this is what wisdom says, give, 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 and it will be given to you. Right? Don't you even. No. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be put into your lap. Yeah. Makes no sense. For with the measure you use it will be measured back to you. Makes no sense. Hey, give the legacy offering. No. Well, okay. Handle, you can handle that measure, but I'm going to do something that's unexplainable. Yes. And we're going to be a church that not only, uh, you know, buys a building and has house systems. We're going to be a church that funds villages across the world. Yes. We're going to be a church that, uh, that, that, that funds other life-giving churches yes. in across yes. the city and, and all across the nation. Why? It's unexplainable. Yes. Makes no sense. The next verse says this. It says, for whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. The Bible makes no sense. God, you want me to live off at 90%? Oh, my gosh. And God says, no, the New Testament actually says give 100%. Yeah. 
makes no sense that the more I give, the more God blesses me. Makes no sense. Grant Cordon's like, makes no sense. Yeah, I'm like, I know. That's a guy. Or maybe here at church, God says, hey, you know, you might say, God, I, I want to I be a part of a life-giving church that, that, you know, like I wish I had more breakdown in kids' rooms. Like we, we need more for our children. And, and man, I wish we had like more people up here. And, and you know, I wish we had this. And maybe God's going, well, it's because we're waiting on you. You know, I want a, a nice church. Well, then you got to join because you're really nice. Yeah. All right? We can go be consumers all we want, but once we become contributors, God begins to bless our lives, and it just doesn't make sense. Yes. I have no time. Well, when you give God your time, guess what happens? Press down, shaking together, running yes. over. It just doesn't make sense. But it's what the wonderful counselor wants us to do. He wants us to, he wants us to do miraculous and marvelous things because he doesn't make sense. We say, well, I'm not good at anything. Well, this is what the Bible says, which doesn't make sense. The Bible says we're his workmanship. And he created in Christ for good what? For good works. For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So when you say, I'm not good at anything, well, then you're lying. Because my Bible says God created us for good works. He put purpose on the inside of us and then placed us on this earth. And then when we just go to work and when we just come home and we lock our doors and shut our lives up and we wonder why we don't have purpose, but for some reason, when I give my life away, I'm full of life. Did I say that right? When I give my life away, I end up full of life. God, does, it's just, it's unexplainable. And like a good pastor, you ready for a good pastor moment? And that's why next week we have Connect One Day, December 4, at Avenue Church. But I believe this is your, God, give me a sign. That's your sign, right here. Right here. This is your sign. This is your, because it's, it's unexplainable. It's unexplainable. Maybe another unexplainable thing is, you say, okay, pastor, you, you, you know, you talk about you starting a church, you talk about giving, of course, you know, and you talk about serving, sure. But you know, another unexplainable thing is, and Peter was asking Jesus this unexplainable thing. Peter says this, Lord, how many times do I got to forgive somebody? Do I just forgive them like seven times? Because according to the Pharisees down the street, it, it, it's, it's five times. So I'm going to add two more in there because that, that makes sense. And Jesus says, not five or seven, it's, it's, it's 77 times. That doesn't mean we just forgive them 77 times, but what we do after 77 times is we forgive them another 77 times. And if you have to forgive them after 77 times, watch my boundary series on YouTube. Okay? Watch my boundary series. But this is unexplainable. God, I hate that person. God, I don't want that person in my life. But God says, forgive them and see what the miracle I could do in your heart. Unexplainable. I've been pastoring for 21 years, and I have met people that have every right to be bitter and angry and to literally go kill that individual that hurt them. And they said, I've forgiven them, and my heart has been lifted. They didn't say, I forgive you, but they just said, Jesus, help me forgive them. And Jesus set my heart free. I am lighter today than I was yesterday unexplainable. It makes no sense. Jesus says this, if you love me, keep my commands. 
You keep my marvelous, unexplainable, out of the ordinary. But then he says this, because this is what I love about Jesus. He just didn't say, do this because I said so. He says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. Right? I love this. Helper means paraclete or paracletos. And paracletos means he's literally to call beside one who stands by and exhorts or encourages, particularly in a law of court. And now he's in a court of law as a friend of the accused rather than a professional pleader. Yeah. Woo! That'll preach right there. But a professional, he's not a professional pleader. He is our friend. But the wonderful counselor is parakletos. And the wonderful counselor is right beside you to encourage you and to do the unexplainable. I think you might have to take a picture of this on your phone, for real. The wonderful counselor is right beside you, and he will encourage you so you can do the unexplainable. The unexplainable. I feel such a tension of Avenue Church waiting for permission. The Holy Spirit, he is our wonderful counselor. And he wants to ask you to do things that are unexplainable so that you can have miracle stories in your life, so that you can experience. So you begin to know God. How do you know God's real? Because he did a miracle in my life. I now know God, and now I'm finding freedom. I'm discovering my purpose, and I'm making an eternal difference. And so here's what I want us to do, just four things. Here's a challenge, that, and kind of here's part one of the challenge. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to seek God's truth. Because yes. the wonderful counselor is in God's word. And so read through God's word. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. I want you to read uh, God's word. I want you to obey God's unexplainable truth. Yes. Now, there is a contingency with this in just a second. But I want you to ask the holy counselor. I want you to ask the holy counselor. Please go to counseling as well, but ask the holy counselor. But then the last one is I want you to find godly counsel. Find godly counsel. Uh, Proverbs 15, it's the book of wisdom. And it says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Friends, we, we, how do I say this in in a pastoring way, right? We, We cannot... We cannot blame God for the things we think he told us to do that benefit us without godly advisors in our life. Now, I'm going to take it a step further because I don't want anyone to get confused. Sometimes we do things we want to do without advisors because we know what we're doing is kind of selfish. If that makes sense. Am I making sense here? And so we've got to find godly advisors. So many times we'll say, thus saith the Lord. But I have overseers and I have friends in my life and pastors where they go, you sure? And I've had even uh, finding this building, Opportunity Village says we're too expensive for you. Talk to my overseers and they say, hey, I think it's God, but let's do this. Let's do three months. And so let's just say for three months, we'll, we'll do this. So OV actually did a three-month lease for us, and we did three months. Guess what happened? God blew our expectations. It was unexplainable. 300, 400 people. 
And so we said, hey, can we extend the lease? And they said, yes. But then they came to us and they said, well, as we extend to a year lease, let's actually reduce your rate. I said, what? That's unexplainable. That's out of the ordinary. But I wouldn't have known that unless I had some godly advisors in my life partnering with the wonderful counselor because I believe the wonderful counselor spoke to me and to my godly advisors. But sometimes we're, Things that we do in secret, we keep it in secret because we know it's, it's not right. And we say, thus saith the Lord. I wonder how many times God's like, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say leave that church. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I didn't. But it's unexplainable. Proverbs 24 says this. I'm going to close. A wise man is full of strength. A man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise guidance, you can wage your war. In abundance of counselors, there is victory. There is victory. Friends, we cannot do life alone. We cannot do life alone. So here's your Advent challenge for the week. This is what I want you to do. I want you to write this down. I double dog dare you to do this. Your Advent challenge for the week is I want you to read the book of Matthew. I'm going to go practical. Read the book of Matthew. Matthew's right in the middle. started in the New Testament. And just read the book of Matthew. Read it with your family. Read it by yourself. However it works. I want you to pray for two minutes. For two minutes, I want you to sit down. And, and just here's a hint. I'm going to increase it every week, okay? I'm going to increase it every week. I'm going to get you, get, get you hooked. You know what I mean? Like, I got the white van in the, in the alley, and I'm like, yo, you want to pray for two minutes? I'm going to get you hooked. But just pray. Talk to God for two minutes. Talk to God. I know. East side. I'm sorry. I want you to listen, then journal for two minutes. You know what that means? No, no Instagram. You know what's funny? Because the ages have changed us. Um, Baby boomers, no Facebook. Put that down. No YouTube, no distractions. I want you to sit and listen for two minutes and write down what you think the Holy Spirit just told you. Then I want you to think about a potential godly mentor. Because I encourage you, sometimes our peers and stuff like that, they're not godly mentors. They're just really good friends that have opinions. But some godly mentors in your life. I'm not saying go get one, but I'm saying think about one this week. Think about a godly mentor this week. You all love about Advent season, and this is not, I didn't write a message this week and go, this is what I'm going to say. I wrote a message according to all the different studies and commentaries. And I love that as we, we're only going to do this if we remember that Advent helps us to remember that the Christmas season is it about gifts and delicious cookies, and Santa, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. I don't know if you've ever, you know, watched a football game, and in the middle of the game, you're watching it, and then you, 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 you gotta go to the bathroom, you know, or if you're at the movies, watching shows in the theaters, or, you know, Wakanda, you know, and you gotta go to the bathroom, and you leave, you run to the bathroom, and then you come back, and, you, and people are like, you missed the scene, right? Like, what? And you felt like you missed out on something. I remember even I ordered a package for vacation. It's a couple of nice shirts. Package arrived at my house, and as I was you know, watching it, and, and it says it's gonna be here Friday. It's gonna be here Friday, and we, we leave, we leave, we leave Monday, and then Friday it says coming Monday. I was like, what? What happened? You know. Also, we had, we had to get on an airplane to go on vacation. Then my package came after I left, and I felt like I missed the arrival of something good. 
Up until the, uh, what, 16th century, Advent was only about Jesus who already came. And everyone else after Jesus came, they missed out on it. I missed out on Advent. It's, it's already here. It's, it's done for. It's, it's kind of like an Avenue Church. Like, Avenue's already started. I think they're good. They don't need me. I'm just going to show up and attend. And I'm just going to, you know. But then in the 16th century, they said, you know what? We missed the mark. Advent has two meetings. The first meaning was the arrival or the coming of Jesus. The second meaning is the arrival and coming of Jesus. Friends, he's coming back. He's going to come and get us. And he's going to bring us to heaven. And when that happens, I'll play Marco Polo on day one. It's going to be awesome. Because Advent is something that really happened, and Advent will happen again. I love this. Advent allows us to be honest about what's wrong with our world. Our world is full of sin, and our world is, is broken. But our Advent helps us to be honest with what's wrong with our world and to freely celebrate Christmas as good news. What's the good news? King Jesus has come, and he will come again. He has come, and he's going to come again. And so we used to have him be pleased real quick. And this is what I love about Advent. Advent helps us to remember and to anticipate the arrival of Jesus. If you're here, uh, we're going to do communion in just a moment. And uh, if you need, if you didn't get one of these, I want you to know uh, everyone at Avenue takes communion. First time, not a member, we all take Holy Communion together. And so if you want one of these, just raise your hand. Or a, a wonderful worship host, they're, they're ready to give you some communion if you did not get one. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I love that when we take Holy Communion, it helps us to remember that Jesus did come and he died on a cross and he paid the penalty of our sins. That's the Advent we remember today. I also heard this great illustration that Advent also means he's coming back. We should every single year pretend or anticipate that Jesus is coming back on December 25th. And if we live our lives like he's coming back on December 25th, presents don't matter. Those cookies don't matter. What we do with our time selfishly does not matter. All matters is about, am I getting into heaven? And are my friends and family getting into heaven? Are we able to spend eternity together? Because hell's a real place and people will go to hell forever and ever and ever. So it is my mission in life to say, Jesus, you're coming back. I want my friends and family, my city, my nation, my entire world to go be with the King of Kings, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace. With every head bowed, every eye closed, before we take communion, I want you to just take a moment and to say, Jesus, forgive me. I repent of my sins, be Lord of my life. Come into my heart. There's businessmen in this room that the Holy Spirit is going to give you great success in your business because you decided to listen to the wonderful counselor. There's fathers and mothers in this room. You've been, you've been stressed out over your children. And, and I hope I raise them right. I hope I can control every aspect of their life. But God is saying, trust the wonderful counselor. They're my child too. 
I'll guide you and lead you through every conversation, through every situation, through every thought, through every, every direction. I'm the wonderful counselor. Maybe you're in a relationship saying, is this the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with? He's the wonderful counselor. He'll advise you. He will tell you. Maybe asking you to do unexplainable things. Man, I can't serve in the church. I got background history. He's the unexplainable, wonderful counselor. He's a miracle worker. If you have unforgiveness in your heart this Christmas season, and I just feel it's not, and for me, I just feel the Holy Spirit telling me, it's not necessarily, it's not, it, yes, it's people. I believe God wants me to tell you, you, just, you had an epiphany, but God's the one you need to forgive. Say, God, forgive me, I've been mad at you. I've been upset with you. I've had a, a warped theology about you. In Jesus' name. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it. He drank the, the wine and said, this represents my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus, we thank you that you died on the cross for our sins. So I repent of my sins and be Lord of my life as I take Holy Communion.